TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It is June 12, 2022. This is Sunday Take, and I am Boyce Olson. Happy Sunday morning to all of you. Summer is finally feeling like it's here, and uh, what great weather to get out this weekend. Hopefully you're even listening to this outside with a cup of coffee on this Sunday morning. Maybe you're on your way to church. Either way, thanks for listening. You can follow all of our work uh, by going to fluence-newsletters.com. Follow me on Twitter. Search Morning Take. Search Sunday Take. Well, the topic of conversation everywhere you go this week, this month, and maybe throughout the summer is gas prices. It really is one of those things, kind of like talking about the weather. Everybody's talking about it. The great family road trip that's been maybe delayed because of the pandemic the last couple of years uh, is going to be more expensive. In fact, uh, spirit of this show is I'm on a road trip this weekend uh, out to uh, the Sand Hills in Nebraska to play some golf. And uh, so the, the cost of the trip is way more expensive than it was either the last three years. And then in the Minnesota legislature, there's a little Twitter battle between some Democrats and some Republicans over the gas tax. The other news this week, uh, Minnesota Auto Dealers Association sued the state over California clean car standards. Either way, the car, the travel has been a part of American life, American lifestyle, the summer road trip for decades. And the fact of the matter is automobile policy, transportation policy, roads, bridges, is a political issue all the time. So this week, we're talking a lot about car politics. And the truth of the matter is, no matter what you do, there's still just something about driving and going on a trip. So if you're going on a trip this summer, let me know what you're thinking. Have your plans changed? And keep following us along here on Sunday Take. When we come back, we're going to talk to Scott Lambert from the Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. He and I are going to have a cup of coffee and talk about a lawsuit they filed this week against the administration over clean car standards. I'm Blaise Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. First cup of coffee this Sunday morning is with Scott Lambert. He is the uh, president of the Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. And uh, as I said in my open, the theme this week is the Great American Road Trip the gas tax and cars, because uh, it seems to be the topic of conversation everywhere I go this summer. Uh, and I think it's going to be an issue throughout the year, politically uh, and economically. So Scott, thanks for joining Sunday Tech. Great to be here. Thank you. Scott, uh, this week, uh, your group filed a lawsuit, um, kind of pushing back against the governor uh, and the, 
state on some clean car standards. Can you give listeners a little background on this issue and, and why it's important? Well, the governor has adopted the California clean car uh, uh, rules. California car, uh, California is the only state in the nation that can set different rules on how cars are, are built and, uh, and, 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 and sold um, other than the federal rules. So there's only two, two standards in the country, California and, and the federal rules. And the governor has opted to be in the California uh, rules. Okay. And, um, and when you think about what your members and what your members tell you consumers are looking for, obviously cleaner cars, electric cars, they're surging in popularity. There's, there's, there's demand, but there's also demand for gas powered cars. There's also demand for trucks. There's also demand for cars that are really tough to have fuel efficiency. How do you kind of balance the, you know, the push of a cleaner environment with what your members uh, are, you know, seeing from their uh, consumers? Well, uh, the dealers are all in for electric vehicles. We're making uh, huge investments in our businesses to be able to sell and service electric vehicles. And uh, we understand that that's part of the future and we're ready for it. If people want to buy these, we're, we're, we're getting ready to sell them to them. Yep. Uh, demand is very low in Minnesota, has been historically. That might be uh, growing. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, gas prices are certainly uh, a part of that mix. But what the California car standards does is interrupt the market uh, that was building on this. It's, a, it's an artificial supply mandate is what, is what it is. It forces dealers to take an excess supply of electric vehicles and culminates in a complete ban on gas-powered vehicles by 2034. So just, you know, real quickly, uh, Minnesotans uh, right now buy electric, pure electric vehicles at a rate of 2% a year. Okay. All right. So under the, under the California standards, by 2024, model year 2025, but by 2024, we'll have to, we, we, the dealers, will have to purchase 26% of our fleet will have to be electric oh, vehicles. And we buy those from manufacturers, then we have to find a market for them. So we're going to have an excess supply on our lots. Uh, There's just no way we're going to get from 2% to to 26%. And it only gets worse each each year after that until until there's an outright ban on on gas-powered vehicles. And remember, uh, this state has spent three decades building up a biofuel standard and and promoting ethanol and promoting biofuels and, and the environmental benefit of all that. And this runs completely contrary to all of that. So uh, it's a it's a big switch. It's a stick instead of a carrot. Uh, we have implored the governor to work with us on incentives, and we got to build out infrastructure. If you want people to buy electric cars, we got to have infrastructure and incentives are a better way. We think he should be using the carrot and not the stick. So my guest is Scott Lambert. He's the president CEO of Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. Scott, uh, just. What's your lawsuit say? What's it claim? And um, is, you know, this could play out over obviously a longer period of time. What do you think your, you know, your best bet for a timeline on getting some, uh, you know, some hearings and some rulings on it? Uh, We should have hearings uh, uh, this fall and rulings before the end of the year. Uh, We are in the state appeals court and the lawsuit is pretty straightforward. We're saying two things. Uh, first of all, it is, according to Minnesota law, it is illegal for one agency to write rules for another agency. Okay. And in this case, it's the California Air Resources Board 
writing rules for the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency. That's that's one just purely legal argument. Okay. The other one is that under federal rules, uh, you have to have dirty air uh, to be a part of the California uh, program. And that means you have to have areas of non-attainment for greenhouse gases. Okay. California has 168 defined geographic areas of non-attainment, uh, which makes them obviously uh, qualified for this. Minnesota has zero and has not had any areas of non-attainment for over 20 years. Under the federal rules, Minnesota does not qualify to be a part of this program. We'd like to get out of it. We don't want to be regulated by Californians. Uh, we think a market-based approach would be a lot better. And uh, uh, having been ignored by the legislature and the governor and the MPCA, we took our case to court, which is uh, you know, our, our last uh, yeah. refuge. No, I know uh, from experience, obviously, that going to court is the last choice of any industry in this state. Uh, it's expensive. It's time consuming. It's emotional. And it's frankly a little bit of a gamble. Scott, just to pivot away from the lawsuit for a sec, uh, what are you hearing on the supply of cars? Because I know that uh, I know that supply chain is one of those other things you never thought you'd talk about on Sunday Take, but here we are, and it's the other you know topic of conversation. Whether you've had an accident or you have a new driver in your family, uh, finding cars is tough uh, too. The market uh, there's not a lot out there, and uh, and so it's another topic of conversation this summer. What are you hearing on that? Yeah, it's it's. I don't have great news. It's been going on for a year, and unfortunately, it's probably going to go on for a, another year. Yeah, uh, it's the microchips. Uh, there's a microchip shortage. Uh, the, the auto manufacturers cannot get caught up. Uh, our business is artificially down uh, 20% last year, uh, the prior year, and 15% this year, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because of inventory. We just we, it's across the boards, all makes and models. Uh, uh, there are each vehicle contains about a, a dozen microchips. Uh, on average, uh, the yeah. problem for electric vehicles is they, they take about twice as many. Um, so uh, they, they, they need, they require more microchips. So uh, it's hard to fill demand when you can't build the vehicles. And uh, uh, it's, it's a big, big problem. What we tell consumers is to be patient, whatever, find whatever you want, whatever works for you, work with your dealer and they will eventually find that vehicle, but it might not be right there on the lot. They might have to order it and build it and, and uh, might, might take a little bit to get it in. Yeah, no, well, and that's like everything in the world that we've gotten used to over the last couple of years, we're used to, uh, Oh, I can just walk into a dealership and buy a car. Uh, and uh, we've been through these times before. I know Scott, Scott Lammer from Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. Thanks for joining me on Sunday. Tech. Thank you boys. When we come back, Representative Ann new Brindley, she'll talk about how Republicans want to fund roads why the gas tax uh, holiday didn't happen at the legislature. I'm Blois Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Guest this week on Sunday Take is Representative Ann New Brindley. She is the Assistant Minority Leader of the House Republican Caucus. And we're talking about, I'll call it car politics or transportation taxes this week, because I think that's what Minnesotans are talking about. Wherever I go, it's the price of gas. It is the price of cars. It's that you can't get a car. And so uh, since we're in June and school's out and summer travel has started, even on my own road trip this week, I figured there's a little dust up about the gas tax in Minnesota on Twitter and not everybody's on Twitter. I know it's kind of crazy. So we thought we'd bring it to the radio. Representative New Brindley, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So um, can you just give a little bit of history around the gas tax, the the discussion at the legislature, the rededicating part of the auto part sales tax, and, and ultimately this is all to fund roads and bridges. Um, because that's kind of where the priority has been for several years is that Minnesota believes it needs more money to build infrastructure, roads, bridges, and some people believe transit. Um, so can you give just a like snapshot of history for the listeners? Sure. Well, for a number of years, actually, Republicans have really been pushing to fully dedicate the sales tax on auto parts to uh, to pay for transportation needs, primarily roads and bridges. Um, we've, we've gotten halfway there, which I think is good. The theory being that, you know, as, as time progresses, as we see more electric vehicles, obviously revenues from a gas tax will decrease over time and we've got to figure out how to replace that revenue. Um, so, so that is, that is a piece of this, this, this year in the legislature, there was, um, I don't know if I would actually call it a push uh, to, to do a gas tax holiday. Um, I would probably categorize it more as a gimmick. But there was a proposal from a few House Democrats uh, to enact a gas tax holiday for the summer, knowing that we were going to see really high gas prices, which clearly is playing out now. I think I spent four seventy nine a gallon yesterday. Um, yeah. so, so we are definitely seeing that play out now. Um, and of course, it's, it was no surprise to us that that never came to fruition. But, um, you know, this falls under the category of, of election year politics, I think. Yeah. No, I think there is part of that. But I also know that there's states uh, where there's been part bipartisan agreement to suspend the gas tax. And so, um, and so I, I raise it, obviously it's good electioneer politics, but um, you know, as I pointed out privately and I'll point out to the next guest, Representative Olgamont, like it, you didn't say anything about it during the tax bill discussion. So why is it an issue afterwards? And obviously Matt Burke brought it up this week and turned into this little Twitter battle. As you look at kind of priorities um, and you're going into an election year, um, where are roads, bridges and, and figuring out kind of as we do shift to 
you know, more people having electric cars. Uh, how do we make sure that there is not just either the dedicated sales tax from auto parts, but I don't know, this is not necessarily always my favorite, um, my favorite phrase, but how do we, we make sure that they pay their fair share for the wear and tear they might put on our roads? Well, I, I mean, I think that most Minnesotans use vehicles in some way, um, but the auto parts sales tax certainly fulfills that role of, of um, users paying for the roads that we build. Um, yeah. But let's be let's be honest. There are almost no Minnesotans that don't use the road in some capacity. So I so I, I don't know that that's a real fair uh, piece for this discussion. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it's something we need to think about. And like I said, that's why we have really pushed to, to dedicate that auto parts sales tax to roads and bridges, just to make sure that we had a funding source there for the future. You know, the other thing I would say is that you, you are right. In other states, there has been um, a bipartisan, uh, there have been bipartisan agreements for a gas tax holiday. But that's not what we saw here in Minnesota. We saw a handful of Democrats hold a press conference to, to, to put, to, you know, quote, push for it. Um, but then they never even got a hearing on it from their own party. Yeah. Like that's not a sincere effort to actually implement a gas tax holiday. And when Republicans tried to bring it to the floor, they voted against it and then never even got a hearing on it. That is not a sincere effort. That is an election year gimmick. Sincerely, my guess this uh, segment <laughs> is Representative Ann uh, New Brindley. Uh, you've been back in the district a couple of weeks. You've been out and about. What are you hearing from people? What's on their minds? Is it inflation and the economy and the gas, the price of gas? What are the other issues that either people are bringing up at the cafe or when you see them? You know, honestly, the price of gas has turned into such a monster of an issue that it pretty much overshadows everything at this point. I mean, over the last several months, there have been more issues. Certainly this this Biden walls economy, the inflation we're seeing that has been top of mind for a long time. But there were other issues that people cared about, too, particularly crime and public safety. The Star Tribune put out an article, I think, just last week on the rise of crime in the suburbs. Um, yep. These have been significant issues for a long time. But I'll be honest, right now, inflation and particularly gas prices are just overshadowing everything. It is hitting every Minnesotan in such a real, tangible way right now that uh, it's it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. Well, it's interesting because usually, I mean, I remember just a few years ago when the price of diesel was lower than the price of uh, traditional fuel. And so, you know, there was this push towards diesel. Well, I will tell you on the road trip I'm on this weekend, uh, the price of diesel is a dollar more than traditional gas. And then I start to think about trucks and goods and the cost of goods That's to right. market. And just, you know, you start to play economics 101 in your head as you see all these indicators move up. Is there really anything in the near term that the legislature can do to help people with the cost of living? I know that's part of the special session negotiations, but is there anything immediate that you think if 
if there was a special session or there was action this year that that could possibly give some folks some temporary relief? Well, I, I don't think the relief needs to be temporary. I mean, we have been very clear on our position of, uh, on, on this from the beginning once we, once we heard about just the enormous budget surplus we have. But, you know, I mean, we talk about a gas tax holiday. Certainly the Democrats want to do a ton of new spending. But at the end of the day, Minnesota families are feeling the effects of this economy. And the thing that would help them more than anything is money back in their pockets, month after month, paycheck after paycheck. We should do permanent tax relief for Minnesotans. They need that money more than the government does right now. That's just the reality of not only this economy, but my goodness, people know how to spend their money, frankly, better than the government does. Um, But right now, particularly, having that extra money in their pocketbooks right now to deal with whatever their family needs are, would make a difference. Uh, what are you hearing about the odds of a special session? And is it something that you hear about from people in the district that there is still either child care, nursing home funding, or other issues they would like to see resolved this year? You know, I actually don't hear a lot about a special session from regular people. Regular people, we we as legislators think people pay attention to us may, way more than they really do, um, and so I, I I really have not been hearing from average Minnesotans about a special session. Um, I sure. certainly hear from people about the surplus and and why aren't we giving it back to them? Um, yeah. But frankly, that is clearly not really going to be accomplished with a special session anyway. I mean, the agreements that the Democrats, the House Democrats and Senate Republicans came up with really amount to about $2.6 billion in tax relief and $5.4 billion in additional spending. That is so out of touch given the state of family budgets right now, that that just doesn't make sense for us to even go back to do that. If we're going back, it should be to ensure that we're giving relief to families. Got it. My guest, Andrew Brindley, I know we'll talk a lot through this election year. Uh, tell the folks in North Branch that uh, we'll stop by and maybe even have a, you know, a little coffee or something and hear what they're thinking throughout this election year. Absolutely. Sounds good. When we come back on Sunday, Jake, we're going to talk to Representative Dan Wolgamont. He is one of the DFLers who proposed this gas tax holiday. Why didn't he make a bigger deal out of it during session? And is it just about politics or is there a long-term solution that Democrats see? I'm Blaise Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Blaise Olson. Joining me now is Representative Dan Wolgamont. And As I mentioned in the open, we're talking about gas politics, inflation, gas prices, gas taxes. It seems to be the topic at cafeterias, golf courses, uh, and gas stations across the state. And it became a topic this week uh, in Minnesota political Twitter. And and I think it'll be an issue throughout this year for both legislative races and gubernatorial races. Representative, thanks for joining me. Blaise, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you for the invitation. So, um, you know, I know at the beginning of the session or even before the session started, there was a proposal by yourself, some of your colleagues, even Governor Walls, to suspend Minnesota's gas tax. Um, 
give me your thinking behind that and why didn't it get much traction during the session? Well, we've seen gas prices at record highs. The price of gas increased 35 cents in the past week in Minnesota. I think the last number I saw, the average cost for gas in Minnesota is now $4.58 per gallon. And I've been looking at some studies and doing some research, and I've seen some analysts predict that prices could move over $5 per gallon by mid-June. So now more than ever, we need to save Minnesotans. 28 and a half cents per gallon by passing a gas tax holiday. And that's exactly what the bill that I co-authored does. House file 4060 would suspend the gas tax in Minnesota. Um, would go a long ways to helping relieve some of the pressure that working families are feeling at the pump. So, you know, one of the things, and I know this is going to be a political hot potato all summer and into the fall. So I just, you know, I, I think one of the things that, you know, I look at, I hear from people is there, there's a couple different angles on this. One is, isn't it convenient that now we want to suspend a tax that um, Governor Walls and even Democrats tried to raise just a few years ago? Can well, you talk about not, how you just hang on, Dan, just talk about how you reconcile that view versus kind of where you guys were a couple of years ago? Well, believe it or not, boys, the world has changed just a little bit since 2019. Um, You know, uh, so, yes, there are, you know, different circumstances call for different policy proposals. Um, You know, right now we have a historically large budget surplus. That wasn't the case, um, you know, in 2019. uh, There's been this little thing called the COVID-19 pandemic that has wreaked havoc on our economy and on the supply chain and on prices and inflation. So, yes, different circumstances call for different policy proposals. The world is a much different place than it was in 2019. It's my job to be responsive to the needs of my constituents. And as I said earlier, with gas prices at all-time highs, with the state's historic surplus, now is the time to provide Minnesotans some relief at the pump by suspending collection of the gas tax. As you think about that, at a macro level, obviously the, the gas tax is one piece of it. And we have infrastructure needs. We have road spending needs. We're behind on, you know, kind of keeping up maintenance on our roads. Um, there's been obviously a push for, you know, more fuel efficient cars. Uh, wh- where do you think, or where would you see, how long would the suspension last? And then two is how do you either make up for some of the lost revenue or, figure out a way to make um, to build policy for the future that maybe makes us less dependent, uh, but less cost sensitive to the cost of transportation as well. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up, Lois, because making sure that we fund our roads and our bridges is crucial. And as you and I'm sure your astute listeners know, the gas tax is used to fund roads and road and bridge construction exclusively. It is constitutionally dedicated to funding roads and bridges. And frankly, our roads and bridges need that money. So that's why our proposal pays for the gas tax holiday dollar for dollar from the state surplus. Uh, we ran a, uh, just did a, did a fiscal analysis. The cost of doing that for three months was estimated to be a little over $200 million. Um, initially, the, when we introduced this bill, um, it, had a, it had an end date of Labor Day. Um, but the way that this crisis is going, I would like to see it extended through at least the end of the year. 
if not longer, until we can get until prices get more under control and families aren't getting hit so hard by inflation. So this is something that we can can definitely afford to do as a state. It's going to be savings directly to Minnesota's drivers. And, you know, there are more more global issues to deal with on energy efficiency and clean energy electric cars. I'm, I'm supportive of all of those things. I have, you know, was for the, the clean car standards. I actually had a bill um, to work with the Department of Transportation to modify some of their positions and goals for, uh, for electric vehicles. And I have been working really hard to get the North Star commuter rail to St. Cloud. So I'm, I'm all for clean energy, but, you know, these are, these are dire circumstances. Minnesotans are just getting, are getting smoked at the pump and we have to, adapt to these circumstances and we need to suspend the collection of the gas tax while we're in this, these seeing these spikes in prices. My guest is representative Dan Wolgamont. He's a representative from the St. Cloud area. When you're out and about, obviously the economy and inflation is one issue, but as you get ready for reelection, as you kind of take the mood of your constituents, what are some of the other kind of hot topics right now that you're hearing about? A big one is public safety. Um, we, we in St. Cloud have a very great police force. Um, they do good work. They have good relationships with their community. But unfortunately, we just don't have enough cops. Um, you know, we're seeing a workforce shortage in every sector of our economy, uh, but it's also hitting the law enforcement area as well. And so um, that's why I worked with uh, uh, Mayor Dave Kleiss and the chief of police, Blair Anderson, as well as my uh, House GOP colleague, Tama Tice. And we introduced legislation to get recruitment and retention bonuses for law enforcement so that we can make sure that police chiefs across the state have the resources and the personnel they need to keep us safe. And I know that during the back and forth of the negotiations on the public safety bill, that recruitment and retention money, as well as uh, I was a co-author with Representative Winkler on his bill for more training and education for law enforcement. We need to make sure that we're dealing with the police workforce shortage immediately, but then also into the future, having more pipelines for people to get involved in law enforcement careers. So, you know, a lot of the work that we do around here is just uh, is important. But if if we can't be safe in our neighborhood, if you can't take your kids to the park, if you can't uh, have your private property protected, uh, all the rest of this stuff is water under the bridge. We have to make sure that we're keeping our community safe by funding law enforcement and getting more cops on the streets. Representative Olgamad, I mean, I think you're touching on what I hear a lot is about public safety. So just uh, kind of a follow-up on that. How, how frustrating or have you been frustrated with either the, you know, the label that all DFLers are for defunding the police or that, you know, maybe sentencing and, you know, uh, consequences aren't strict enough on repeat offenders right now. What, what's your, what, what are you hearing from the constituents and, and what do you think needs to be done on those two op- topics? You know, I think we need to take an all the above approach. I am definitely open to, um, you know, uh, to, to reforming our sentencing guidelines. Um, we, we, as I mentioned earlier, we need more law enforcement and we also need approaches to the root causes of crime, right? We need more funding for mental health. We need better treatment clinics. 
Um, we need to make sure that people who are offenders, once they get back into our communities, that they have the support and that they have the, the skills that they need, the life skills that they need to not reoffend and to not commit more crimes. So, you know, there's, there's no silver bullet. There's no easy answer for it, but right now our, our public safety system is broken and people in my community are not feeling safe in their homes. And again, it's not for fault of the, of the men and women who protect and serve us. It's because on many issues, the state has failed to do its job and has failed to, um, has failed to address the real root causes of crime and why we're in these situations. Final uh, point. There's a lot of talk about a special session. Republicans seem reluctant, but I kind of match it with this gas tax holiday and some of the other issues that have come up since you've adjourned. Do you find that maybe um, there was a false sense of security that a deal was going to get done or that maybe not enough noise or attention was brought to some of the issues that are really on the minds of uh, voters this year. And I say that with the idea of we're hearing a lot about the gas tax now. And we heard a little bit about it during the session, but you know, whether it's yourself or the governor, I mean, it, it kind of all the work happened behind the scenes and there wasn't a lot of, you know, at the end of the day, hey, we want the gas tax holiday in the tax bill uh, as kind of an assertive position from your caucus or Democrats. Um, and I know there's a lot of legislative games that be played, but I think the public doesn't follow the games as much as they follow the headlines. Your thoughts? Well, I think that it has been great for legislators to be able to come back and, and spend time in their communities. Um, once we gaveled out, I came straight home to St. Cloud and now instead of being at the Capitol with my colleagues, I'm, I'm in my community at the grocery store with my neighbors and walking my daughter to the park and having conversations in, you know, with people in their backyard. And, you know, my hope is that by, for, for everybody, for people in my caucus, for uh, House and Senate Republicans and Senate Democrats, that by being back in their communities, by being able to see firsthand the needs that Minnesotans are facing, we cannot in good conscience not come back for a special session and do the work that needs to be done. And you mentioned those games, you know, uh, obviously that happens, but at the end of the day, we can't sit around and wait. We have needs in our communities and we need to come back to a special session, reach agreements, pass these bills, get the job done for Minnesotans. And I'm hopeful that for people on all sides, instead of holding out for this last thing or, you know, trying to take this one more leverage point or, you know, the, 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 the legislative brinksmanship that takes place once we're back in our communities, once we see the needs that need to be addressed and the people who are counting on us, that that's going to be able to help us uh, work, work through these, uh, these last knots that are holding things up and pass meaningful legislation that will serve Minnesotans in this time of crisis. Representative Dan Wolgott, thanks for joining us on Sunday Take. When it's Sunday at 9 a.m. on CCO, it's Sunday Take. I'm Blaise Olson. We'll talk next week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 